Is this the new Bodega Bay Inn? <laughs> the brass buckle. <laughs> the brass buckle. <laughs> they get an actual German to play a German guy in this movie? Yeah, yeah. I want Pinhead to yeah, just manhandle someone's fucking ham candle. What? Did that voice say what? Man, I have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about. What the fuck is happening? Or what is gone? What I mean, gone? I know. I'm sorry. I keep saying this, but what? Oh, 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 oh my God, dude. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that before. No, that was well done. Welcome to the Reviewed to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. I'm Luke. Welcome to our last entry in our double feature September. Today we are finishing up our time in the Puppet Master universe with the last movie in the Access trilogy titled Access Termination. After that, we will get into the Littlest Reich. Luke, we are finishing up Puppet Master now, but we are planning on returning in the future, yes? Now we need a, we need a break from the Puppet Master movies. There, there are a few left out there that uh, we haven't watched. There's Iron Cross. Uh, there's a couple others. There, there's Doctor Death. Yeah, there's one that they're making right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this at some point, but uh, for for right now, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna call it quits at the Lilith Strike. From IMDb user Goji Seb in December of 2017, Access Termination is the best entry in the series since Toulon's Revenge. Some idiot on here had the gall to call this movie the worst since Legacy, and that just baffles me. This is a stylish, well-written, and well-acted fun flick that delivers in ways the series hasn't done in a long time. What do you think, Luke? Does Goji Zeb know what they are talking about? Man, Goji Zeb must have watched a different movie. Puppet Master uh, Axis Termination, so the, the end of the, the Axis trilogy here. No, it's not good. It, it takes place in 1942 now in L.A. For a second there, we, we, we see Danny and Beth back, and then they're hilariously just immediately killed off. Just Immediately get, get killed in yeah. a hail of horrible CGI blood squibs. They, they fall in love with the, the CGI blood in Rising. And then they, they definitely keep that here. And it sucks. It just looks like a video game. Whenever someone gets shot, it looks like, yeah. it looks like shit. My thought was it looks like a comic book almost. Yeah, but it doesn't like, look good. No, it doesn't look good at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks really bad. So anyway, Dr. Ivanov is our new puppet master. He's psychic. Half the people in this movie were psychic. Everybody had special powers. It was like the X-Men. And- Everybody. And and this actor, his character is supposed to be Russian, but he's got a full-on English accent. Yeah, he doesn't even try. So it's him, and then they're going up against uh, a new batch of, of Nazi bad guys. There's two main ones. They are both have also have special powers. There's a psychic, and there's a guy that uses horrible CGI to torture people pretty much the entire movie. Um, yeah, you get like a flash of pink and purple, and then yeah. nothing, and you're just supposed to like... I don't know, pretend that he's yeah. doing something. People just screaming whenever he's doing stuff. Like, and now, like, I remember there's like a part where he's like, and now I'm going to crush your teeth. And you don't see it happening. You just see a guy like screaming and you see this weird CGI purple stuff flying around him. So anyway, those guys have the remaining three Nazi puppets from Rising. So you still have Blitzkrieg. The little tank guy, you still have Wehrmacht, the little werewolf, and you still have Bombshell, the lady that looks like a little Ilsa. 
and then shoots uh, machine guns out of her little boobs. That's pretty much the whole movie. It's just it's the 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 you know our uh, little person puppet master and and the puppets that we know. I thought the Nazi puppets at first looked a little bit off, and then by the end of the movie they looked better to me. I don't know what that was about. So there's a character called Georgina Vale who. I think is from Louisiana. She's got kind of like a Creole slash Cajun. I can't tell which one. Slash voodoo thing going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she does sex magic, which does absolutely nothing except for give her an excuse to get naked. It It doesn't seem particularly effective either because it never works. Yeah, it never works. Doesn't do anything. She she dances around naked. Uh, Her accent comes and goes. Also, faces. So many people making faces because they have to portray like they're doing psychic stuff and the movie doesn't have the budget to you know show us anything. But there's just a lot of close up of people making some crazy ass fucking faces at each other. And it's pretty funny. Yeah, through the majority of this movie, there's two or three times there's these giant exposition scenes where people talk for a long time and it's none still... of it makes any sense at all. And it's so boring. It's so talky. It's so fucking talky. For a, for a, how long is this one? It's not. It's, I think it's like not long. seventy-five minutes long. Yeah, it's an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's so fucking talky. It takes forever to just like Axis Rising. It takes forever, even longer, to get to the point. And then the last ten minutes are pretty sweet. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the last ten minutes. It left me, uh, it left me wanting that for the whole movie. Like if they could have just given me an hour of that. I would have been yeah. fine. It would have been that, my favorite one since part three. Agreed. All of a sudden, the CGI gore gets toned down and the practical gore gets toned, turned way up. They let Blade be Blade, like you said. Yeah, they let and, him be. Uh, Blade, Blade gets to be a badass again. He butchers some Nazi dudes. Like, he, dude, he jumps out of a guy's chest. <laughs> <laughs> At one point. A six-shooter, though, I had... Man, a six-shooter was useless in this movie he was only around for like 10 seconds and he like pops out of the box shoots a few people and then just collapses he didn't do much in the last one either and uh i was reading a little bit about this and he's well uh not surprisingly the hardest to animate and uh yeah the hardest to 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 work right so yeah they used him sparingly because just the money just wasn't there so he just kind of shows up for a second still not the right laugh which bugs me uh, and then he just goes away so final thoughts on Axis Termination, Luke. Okay, out of the, the, the Axis trilogy, I'd probably put it in the middle, which is not good. Yeah, the whole trilogy is is not the greatest watch. I do feel that they do get better as they get through, but there's no reason to watch any of these. Which brings us to our next one, The Littlest Reich, which is not a Full Moon Features uh, production. It's another reboot, like a full reboot. Charles Band is an executive producer, but it, it's made by a different movie production studio altogether. And this one has some money behind it. You know, for our imager reviews, I was trying to find the budgets for these things. And for these um, later puppet masters, they're just, I just can't find them, but I'm assuming they're very, very small. Uh, they have this to one, be. Yeah, they're under a million for sure. For this uh, this new one, this Littlest Reich, is, it's got a 2.5 million budget. And you can tell pretty much by the way. Yeah, the credit scenes are, are, are much better. The cinematography is better and the acting is better. Right off the bat, we're pleasantly surprised to see uh, the man himself, Udo Kier, is in this movie. Yeah, man, Udo Kier. It was cool to see Udo Kier in this. Man, he's, he's a legend. It starts off as a flashback with him 
and you you later find out that he's Toulon, but I guess you know he's a bad guy now. Part of the whole reboot thing, and then it flashes forward to the present present time, and that's when things stop making sense. <laughs> like yeah. ten minutes into the movie. So in in that way, it feels like a puppet master movie uh, for sure. Because <laughs> nothing's explained. They talk about the Toulon murders. Um, he's like a full on Nazi now. He was all you know all about the holocaust 30 years later and it's uh at his house or near his house um uh, there's a a convention centered around him and his puppets because he's known for these puppets that he sent all over the u.s takes place at this hotel called the the brass buckle so not the bodega bay Inn, like we've been saying forever but it's it's a new hotel now and uh, all these people have come to this uh hotel to and they've brought their their Toulon dolls to sell them because they want to make a lot of money. For whatever reason, these things start to come alive. And there's and there's a ton there's, of dolls, guys. There's a lot of them, and they never introduce any of them. They don't tell you what these things are. They just show up and kill people that you've never seen before, and they're there and they're gone. So here's the thing: it, it's the first fifty or minutes or so are paced well. The reason they're paced well is because every five or so minutes, they just kill off another hotel guest that we've never seen ever. Uh, and then these murder scenes take a long time. And holy shit, are they gory? Uh, yeah, over the top. Uh, and I was I was happy to have the practical gore back instead of CGI stuff. And the makeup is really good throughout each thing. But some of these kills are fucked up. Yeah, it's... It's the first time in a while that we watched a movie where we're like, yeah, this was this might be a little much. Plus, gore and kills do not make a good movie. Is it paced better than the others? Yeah, it is. And, and the, the special effects are better. But yeah, we don't care about any of these people that are getting killed. No, you have no investment in it. And uh, it feels like the filmmakers just wanted to get to a place where they could just go over the top with the gore and they didn't think about anything else. I mean, if you really think about it, there's pretty much no story in this movie there's a lot of a lot of characters in this movie a lot of extras mostly that are getting killed and and you know just slaughtered real horrible ways i don't even think i could tell you like an actual character name we we kept calling uh we kept calling the main character lieutenant dangle because it's the same actor that played lieutenant dangle in reno 911 that being uh thomas lennon but i can't i couldn't tell you his character name in the movie yeah, they don't care about characters in this movie at all. It just it, it's a showcase for some of the gnarliest gore effects ever, and some of them look better than others. Some kills are inventive and cool. Some go way too fucking far, guys. Uh, even for our standards here, and we we like yeah we, we believe it or not we have a line, and that line yeah. was crossed a couple times during the watching of this movie. Yeah, you could you could easily say this is pretty tasteless a few times let's just let's just say there's a there's a kill involving a pregnant lady that again we've never seen before or met in the movie that uh, goes about where you think it does but worse so yeah just a fair warning if you're squeamish at all don't watch this at all <laughs> it's it's pretty and bad getting back to these puppets for a second uh some of them uh do look really cool there's a flying one with like a helicopter thing that's pretty cool looking. Tunneler and Pinhead look pretty normal, but man, Blade looks awful. Yeah, they updated Blade. It, you know, it's like uh, we had this discussion 
it, it always it feels like in these later puppet master movies there's always some guy in the room when they're coming up with these movies who was like hey you know what would work really good here is if we completely change the character design of these puppets that have been around since uh the early 90s and someone was like yeah let's do that and they fucking turn out like bullshit his his face is totally different. the The smile is gone. Yeah, it's just like this sunken in face. Yeah, and he's got hooks and knives that like jet out of his hands now. His hands open up like fucking Wolverine or something, and and they they just they spring out, and it's, it's dumb. It's just dumb. And then the weird thing is that there's another puppet, which I don't know what this puppet's name is because they don't really yeah. give us that, but he looks more like Blade, except that he's got like this cool skull head on and he's more like Blade than the actual Blade. Exactly. He looks really cool. Like he's got uh, he's got a basically a tiny skull, but it's like burned. And then he's holding a knife and he's holding a hook, which is what Blade should be doing. And and that's not what our Blade is in this one. He's just he's just i don't know it's stupid and yeah there's there's so many robots that get introduced or thrown at us really and without any introduction of what what are their names what do they do they're just yeah there's one that looks like the geico gecko there's another one that's just (laughs) like an alien there's a jack in the box there's one that looks like tunneler but it's a teddy bear (laughs) It's, it's it's a very random movie. It's 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 it kind of feels like uh, it's let's just throw as much stuff at the screen and see what sticks. And then in true puppet master fashion, the movie just sort of ends with a giant to be continued sign on it. Hey, not before, though, we do see uh, the reanimated skeleton of Toulon, who does look pretty fucking cool. I got to mention that. It's, uh, but, it, it does. It looks really nice. It's it's filmed well. There's good lighting, and the actor that was in the suit was doing a fabulous job. You, you know what it reminded me of, dude? It was uh the tar zombie from the Return of the Living Dead. Remember that guy? The one that they yeah, found in- very yeah. similar, very yeah. similar to that. Final thoughts on the Littlest Reich, Luke? Man, except for you know a couple of those scenes, which I really could have done without. I was I was as a horror fan enjoying myself, you know, with all the carnage on screen, even though it was happening to characters I didn't, couldn't care less about. But yeah, and then the last thirty minutes, the movie slows down for some reason. It's like they ran out of money or or whatever. They couldn't keep that level going, and it just kind of drags. And then it just peters out, and then you start to think about how pointless everything was. What a I... way to end it. And I can't, I can't, I can't say, you, you know, if you're, if you're a gigantic puppet master fan, I guess you could watch this movie, but otherwise, especially after watching this one, after 13 other puppet master movies, it's really not necessary. Fucked it up. They fucked it up is right. But now it's time for guess the movie title. Are you ready, uh, Luke? Oh Yeah. Guess the movie title is the game where one of us picks a movie and tries to get the other one to guess the title. Listen and play along with us as we float through the filth of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy movie making. It's my turn this time. Luke, are you ready to revisit our summer viewing material? Oh yeah, I'm ready. This horror movie is from 2004 and was inspired by a real incident in Maryland. It's alive! Something is lurking in the murky waters of Louisiana's swamplands, killing the unsuspecting locals. Medical examiner Sam Rivers and biologist Mary Callahan embark on a mission to shed light on the mystery. 
But before long, another devastating attack leaves the team of investigators trapped in the hostile environment, fighting to survive the relentless onslaught of a methodical pack of massive, genetically engineered, flesh-eating creatures. Now, blood stains the marshes. What is terrorizing the bayou? Oh, man. For a second there, I thought you were talking about Hatchet. I'm like, oh, shit. Are we fucking talking about Hatchet? Uh, <laughs> no, man. That would be easy. Hatchet yeah. is a great movie, by the Hatchet, way. Yeah, it is. The first one. Just just the yeah. first one. <laughs> <laughs> man, this this seems familiar. I, I, uh, I, I'm going to need more, though. Here's your first clue. This movie was directed by Mark DePay, who directed and wrote the Spawn movie. And also worked on visual effects for Jurassic Park, Hunt for Red October, and The Abyss. Spawn, like with John Leguizamo Spawn? Yeah, that Spawn, Michael Jai White. And he directed this one? He directed this one, yep. And they're, okay, it's a pack of genetically engineered killers? Flesh-eating creatures. Flesh-eating creatures in a Louisiana swamp? Yep. Clue Fuck. number two. You ready? Okay. As you could probably expect, this movie was made for sci-fi. Okay. That should give you an idea of what kind of title we're looking at here. Sci-fi original? This is this is a... <laughs> it's a sci-fi original. Okay. This is gonna be like, I don't know, Tarantula NATO or something. But anyway, that's not my guess, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That movie probably exists somewhere in some form. <laughs> I'd watch it. All right. For clue number three. I'm going to read you my first sentence from the description and then give you the clue. Are you ready? Hey, this is my last clue. This is your last clue. Oh, fuck. It's alive. The main character, Mary Callahan, shares a first name with the writer of a very famous monster book that was written in 1818. Uh, Frankenstein? Mary Shelley? Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? I mean, that's well, not the title. Yeah, but that's but a clue. Yeah. That's a clue. Okay. Uh... Sci-fi original, Mary Shelley, Frankenstein in the Swamp, baby. Man, you are fairly close. Okay. This title, the title of this movie is called Frankenfish. Oh, shit. (laughs) Frank, I know I've heard of Frankenfish. (laughs) And uh, Frankenfish is a uh, pack of genetically modified Asian snakehead fish okay and this movie was made shortly after the real life incident where some people let uh these snakeheads loose in a pond in maryland not realizing that these motherfuckers could breathe oxygen and like walk out of this pond into other waterways and now we have a huge problem holy shit that happened for real that actually happened for real oh my god dude fucking people are the worst this movie does have two sequels believe it or not no, of course it does. <laughs> part two is called Snakehead Terror, and part three is called Swarm of the Snakehead. The Reviewed to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description, and follow us on Twitter at Reviewed to Death. Thank you for listening, and Luke, tell us what's coming up next. All right, coming up next, uh, since we're done with the uh, the franchise fracas, this long, our longest one yet, we are going to restart our original format, which is how we started this whole thing to begin with um, about a year ago now. Uh, it's going to be 
just random singular horror movies. Me and Marcus are gonna are gonna come up with some lists, and we're gonna start next time with the movie Malignant, which is actually in theaters as of the date of this recording. We have some surprise bonus episodes coming up too, so look at that as well. Do check out our imagery reviews. Uh, we can go into a little bit more depth in, in there. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. Fucking Charles Band. <laughs> you pick it up. You pick it up. He's like, hey, want to be in the next Puffin Master? I fucking told you already, man. No. Jesus Christ. Christ. How'd you get my Calls number? 10 minutes later. <laughs> hey, want to be in the next Puffin Master? Oh, my God. I'm calling the cops.